This has been anecdotally very well received from our local customers. So our crews are members of the community as well. It very well may be our family member. It very well may be our children. Everybody appreciates making sure that we are providing the necessary level of service as quickly as possible. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. For a couple of months now, Air Ambulance Operator Air Methods of Greenwood Village, Colorado, has had a new response policy in place. Air Methods Helicopters, which operate from bases in 48 states around the U.S., has been launching sooner on EMS calls. The goal is to have helicopters standing by in the air instead of on the ground to improve response time. The company says the new procedure has been a success so far. Here to explain the policy and the results is Joseph Uridil the Air Methods Clinical Base Supervisor for Native Air in Arizona. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you so much, Mr. Orr, for uh, reaching out to me and uh, for your diligence and making sure that the correct information is out there to the, the folks that we all talk to. So the policy is your company's aircraft will launch and do an in-air standby instead of standing by on the pad. How is that different from how things have been done? Yes, this is unique to air methods, but this does cover our company across the nation. And the other component that is very important to distinguish this is that this is inclusive of any scene call, any call that is outside the hospital. And most importantly, this requires a valid request from a customer out in the field, a fire department, a ambulance company, in order for this to go into effect. The point being that we, we do not auto-launch. We do not self-dispatch. There has to be a valid request that sets this ball in motion. How is this policy different from what's been done in the past? What's been done in the past is that if and we encourage this when we were out talking to personnel that respond to requests for service in the field. If they anticipate that there might be a need for a, a air transport, whether that be trauma, whether that be cardiac, neuro, long distance, that they do call us and put us on standby. What's different and what our company has done in the interest of being customer centric is to invest in manipulating time, which is 
huge component of what the helicopter can ultimately offer a patient. So if a scene is further than 15 miles away, what we will do is, and we, and we receive a valid standby request, uh, the crew will proceed to the aircraft. They'll continue to do their walk-arounds, pre-flight actions, pre-flight risk assessments. And what they will do is they'll, they'll launch the helicopter from wherever they are and get en route to the scene. So this is, in effect, an in-air standby that we typically would not do in the past. So what, you know, they'll get up in the air and they'll get, typically what they'll do is they'll uh, get within three miles of the destination and they'll enter a holding pattern and wait for the requester to decide whether or not they need the aircraft. It, it is a cost that is associated with us providing the service. However, we do not bill anyone. The only person that ever incurs a bill is the patients that we transport. This plan sounds great in terms of response time, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot more expensive. And so how will that figure into the equation when you have an aircraft that's over the scene and is canceled? So if we do not ultimately transport a patient and we return to base, there is no cost associated with this service for anyone other than our additional overhead. It seems that it's good for the patient, but how will air methods be able to absorb this cost? Is this going to be sort of a pilot program to see if it works? No, this and interestingly, our company is... Yeah, I, I can't exactly tell you the genesis of this. How, however, uh, it would not surprise me that this was born out of a request from uh, the pilots, nurses, and paramedics that are on the line that are trying to do the right thing for their patients. An enormous amount of the cost associated with running a base is fixed in that the crew is already being paid to be prepared 24-7, prepared to lift. So at the end of the day, the, the costs associated with launching the helicopter that is already ready to go, is already staffed, it is not too much above what, what is already a fixed expense for the company. So our company is really focused on making sure that we're doing the right thing for the patient. And sometimes that uh, includes additional overhead for the company. This is not a pilot program. This is, this is standard operating procedure for us moving forward. And do we have any idea how many hours this might add to the aircraft? We're, we're collecting data on that. And I, and I don't know how to answer that question quite yet. I, I wouldn't, I would be more reserved than saying that it would double the amount of time on the aircraft. Our, our ground crews are exceedingly good at determining whether or not there is a need for the helicopter. And this is also something that we talked to ground crews when we were out there. For example, if they are responding to a motor vehicle collision, you know, and there is a radio traffic, multiple 911 calls, there's multiple patients, patients are ejected, the potential for life-threatening injury is re- exists uh, at a greater degree on that call. The ground crews are very good at determining, you know what, this is appropriate to 
call the helicopter and get them ready versus no, there's not a high potential. And we really leave that up to the ground crews. You and I had discussed previously on this program how state and local protocols dictate appropriate helicopter utilization for the ground crews, and they follow those uh, protocols closely in order to make sure that we're utilizing the helicopter efficiently. Right. So the flow of information would go, for example, 911 call, dispatch, dispatch calls the fire department, the fire department gets in the rig and at the same time determines that they believe that it's going to need a helicopter. So they'll ask for the helicopter before they arrive on scene. Exactly. And presumably they would arrive first. So at that point, they would then be able to tell your guys when they arrive on scene, that point they need to determine whether the aircraft is coming or is that when you say that they'll hold until they hear more per the sop what we will do is we'll enter a holding pattern in the air no closer than three miles from the destination the reason that we do that is we don't want to divert care from the scene or we don't want to incident command resources to be committed to us if they have not determined that they are going to utilize us yet at that point. If they do decide to utilize us and the incident commander then sets up an LZ and and utilizes resources for that, then we will proceed with our normal SOPs to execute a safe landing. Otherwise, we are close to the scene. We are available for them, um, just waiting on their determination as to whether or not we should proceed inbound to land or if we should return to base. And this is true for all of our methods, is that right? That is correct. That is across the United States for our our program. And when did this policy go into effect? This policy was effective on November 15th of 2018 when we just started doing this. Um, I I was going to include that uh, in December, we actually just uh, went through our accreditation our entire company with CAMES, which is it's an acronym C-A-M-T-S, and that's uh, the Commission on the Accreditation of Medical Transport Systems. A huge component of that accreditation, which is a big deal that occurs every three years for our company, is that uh, we are reviewed on our utilization management of aircraft. So, components of that is that we make sure that we are using an aircraft for appropriate uses. You know, a a critical care aircraft with the cost should not be used on a uh, basic life support transport that can be handled more cost efficiently on the ground. So as part of this review that we received our accreditation again in December, this standby policy was uh, reviewed by that commission. I'll be back with more right after this. Federal Resources is a mission-critical solutions provider with only one goal, to empower and prepare the first responder for any threat, at home or abroad, that they are called on to respond to. Your mission is to protect and defend. Our mission is to make sure you're equipped with the knowledge and training on response techniques to current threats. We'll make sure you know the latest innovations in technology to ensure mission success every time. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. 
Learn more at federalresources.com. Having done this since November, do you have any results at this point? Anecdotal results at this point. You know, the hard data points take a little bit longer to put together. However, this has been anecdotally very well received from our local customers. So the the crews on the ground, which you know, our, our, our crews are members of the community as well, it very well may be our family member, it very well may be our children, and the same is true on the ground, and everybody appreciates making sure that we are providing the necessary level of service as quickly as possible. So from that perspective, um, the ground crews really appreciate that uh, our company is doing this for the benefit of our patients. Have you seen an increase in the amount of transports? Have you seen an increase in the number of landings? We do track those numbers and are and no. The answer is that we have not seen an uptick in transports because of this policy. What we have seen is a uh, more expedient response to the to the patients that we are transporting. Then it sounds like it's a win-win. It, it really is, and and again, this uh, this is like you had mentioned. This is about doing the right thing for the patient that everybody's on board with. And again, our company has been uh, very supportive of doing the right thing for the patient. So it is a win-win for everybody involved. All right, Joseph Uridel, thanks for talking with me on Code 3 today. Absolutely, Scott. You have a fine day. Thank you so much. And there's more about air methods on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash air methods. All one word, air methods. Now, here comes your trivia question. What style of construction are you likely seeing if there are windows one above the other on each floor? I'll have the answer right after this. If you like Code 3, you'll love the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more discussion with our guests on any topic. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not so serious. But it's only available to patrons of Code 3. Find out what you've been missing. Go to Code3Podcast.com support. Pledge just $10 a month to support Code 3, and you'll get immediate access to all the Bull Sessions in our library and future interviews as we post them. Become a patron today, support the show, and get access to the Code 3 Bull Sessions. Now, here's your trivia answer. If the windows are above one another on each floor, it's probably due to continuously running vertical frames, and that means balloon construction. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. If you have comments about the show, just email me, scott at code3podcast.com. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. Hope you can join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com.